But back to my point, Nurse Nisi came in, she acknowledged her, she acknowledged that, she took care of both of us um, to make sure that we were taken care of. And we were told before we even got to the hospital, Northside Hospital is the premier maternity hospital in the nation. So, uh, so dear. Yes, honey. Uh, what's on the agenda for today? already like man we getting the best of the best when we go here um so we came in nurse needs to look said everything you know we got the anesthesiologist comes in um i don't know if you want to go into the anesthesiologist or not okay all right so anyway janicia said something and the anesthesiologist she was already kind of ticked and nurse Nisi said hey because it took her forever to get to the room um, and so there were a lot of rooms she was going into. She was the only person on staff. And Nurse Nisa said, hey, I have a black woman in this room that needs an anesthesiologist stat. And the lady didn't come in time even for Nurse Nisi. So Nurse Nisi went and reported it to her supervisor. And she says, hey, if she seems upset or angry, she's probably upset with me because I told her supervisor she needed to get in here. So the nurse was nice. The anesthesiologist was nice, but you could tell she was kind of just like, whatever. You know, I, I got to do it because it's my job, but I'm not really enthused about it. So it was like they just treated my wife like whatever. So Nurse Nisi, you know, what I couldn't do, Nurse Nisi was, you know, an advocate for her patient. And for that, I'm grateful. I know Janice is grateful. If this ever makes its way to Nurse Nisi and she sees this, uh, um, from the Perrys thank you so so very very much we didn't know what we had until you clocked out for your shift and the real <laughs> shift started um, and so anyway she came in they gave her the anesthesia the, the what do you call it? the epidural gave her the epidural and I guess there's something about gravity working oh. with the epidural so oh. you got to make sure it shifts from side to side so they were coming in, checking her. They flipping her over on one side. They flip her over to another side. And as Nisi says, hey, at the rate you're going, I predict the baby will be here before 7 o'clock. And my shift ends at 5. five. But you know what? If I, if I have to stay over for you guys, I don't mind because you guys are just that great. So we are thinking 7 o'clock. We're going to have the Easter baby. Daddy get to preach the Easter sermon about on the day my Lord was crucified and gave us new life. <laughs> he gave me this life. I mean, I had it ready. I had my hoop triggers ready. I was ready to go. Janicia was ready to get her project eviction completed and checked off on her checklist. And our family is in Facebook Messenger dying to see this baby first of all before they even got to see the baby i had already told them if the baby is ugly you will not get a picture of this child until his graduation high school graduation 
Uh, and so we had already laid out the plans. The family was ready. They checking in every hour. Hey, where are we? We all are excited, and the contractions are going all over the place. And they coming in and they checking the car. Oh, you getting close? Oh, you three? Oh, four? Oh, five? Oh, six? I mean, we just going off the charts in here. I mean, my wife is killing. She got her breathing right now. She. And the contractions are just charting over there and her cootie cat just expounding and expounding and the doctor's coming in and they checking and they feeling all in there and I'm sitting on the corner just excited and I got hungry so I had to take a lunch break. So Nurse Nisi came in and she walked me to the cafeteria and I ate something and I came back and her mom was checking on it and she on the phone talking and oh man the anticipation is building. And then five o'clock came and Nurse Nisi's relief came and they came in the door and it was like you could feel the shift. They were still nice, still pleasant, but there was like a, a shift and you slowly started to notice that the amount of care Janice was getting started to slow down and decline and also what correlated with that was the contractions. So as the care slowed down and decreased, here come the contractions. They get further and further apart, they're not as much. And then with the contractions slowing down, guess what else comes in and correlates? Here comes the dilating. The dilating has now ceased. And we at the magic number of, I think it stopped six at six and a half. half. Yes, yeah, six and a half. When Nurse Nisi checked me before she left, I was six and a half centimeters dilated. I was still having contractions every two minutes. They were still off of the charts on the monitors. Um, so she came and she checked me around 430. And then at five, she came to, you know, introduce the new nurses that would be taking over. Mind you, Nurse Nisi's shift was short staff so she was by herself and she was still coming in to check on me like every 30 40 minutes to come turn me or check on baby bring me ice chips um things like that she was coming in once or twice an hour minimally to you know check on me make sure i'm doing good when her relief came now there were two of them so you would think that i would get more care but nurse nisi left at five um, I, nurse Nisi before she left said that she was expecting me to, you know, deliver around seven. I didn't see those nurses again until like eight thirty. Now, one of the nurses was training. I know that for a fact. She came in and she was kind of like learning the rope. So the nurse that she was training under was, um, you know, really the one calling the shots. So even though it was two, he really only had like one and a half <laughs> that actually knew, you know, what was happening. Um, and I noticed when they came in, you know, because for the women, you guys who've had children, you know, they, they go in there, they go in there. And so the nurse who was training, she was the one who went in and she checked and she was like, well, how's the dilation going? And how's this going? How's that going? And the other nurse was like, well, let me check. So I'm like, it's taking no, 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 two no, no, of no. y'all to go in there no, and no. check. This is what happened. The first nurse checked me, but she didn't say anything. Oh, look, y'all can see him now. Um, she, she went in to check me, but she didn't say anything. She just stared at the other nurse. 
Like, she was just like. So the other nurse was like, what's wrong? And she was like, I don't know. I think we should have a doctor come check. And so the other nurse was like, well, do you mind if I check? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going on. I just see their faces. And I, now I'm starting to get scared because when people start getting quiet, you know, something's wrong. So the other nurse checked and she was like, well, it feels like the front of your cervix is a little bit swollen. Um, if Passy break. Okay. So it feels like the front of your cervix is a little bit swollen. So we're going to have the doctor come in. Mind you, this is about 830 p.m. Um, and she said that I was six centimeters dilated. Nurse Nisi, before she left, said that I was six and a half. And that was about three or four hours ago. Okay, so now I'm six centimeters. The doctor finally comes in. Oh, no, no, before that, I noticed that my contractions, I had told y'all, my peaks were off of the monitor. And now I'm noticing that my contractions, they're still two or three minutes apart. But the peaks are like at 10, 20. So I'm like, I asked, like, is that normal? And they was like, yeah, well, that happens with the epidural. But I've had the epidural for hours now. And it's just now happening. So, you know, I would think that if it was because of the epidural, it would have happened by now. But they told me it was normal. So, okay, whatever. The doctor finally comes in. No, no, no. The doctor doesn't come in. They check it. They said, hey, we'll be back. We're going to see what's happening. So we went down to six. They left. Mm -hmm. We waited for about another hour or mm -hmm. two. We waited for it. The doctor didn't get there till 1130. That's what I'm saying. The nurses left. Yeah. And then they came back and they checked again. And this time when they come and check now, you know, as a man, hey, I'm already a little territorial. You all up in there now. And I can't go in there right now. But the nurse comes back and she checks again. And my wife <laughs> of five years, been together for 10 years, says, oh, that actually feels nice. And I'm sitting in my chair like, what the, what are you, what are you saying right now? In hindsight, I realized that, well, let's finish the story and I'll, I'll come back to why. So, so the nurse says, well, you know, that's strange, but just want to let you know, you're no longer at six. Now I think you're in like five or something. It feels like your cervix is swollen. So she says, that's when she announced, I think we got to have the doctor look at you. And so, you know, I can see now just from hearing that the doctor needs to look at you, Janicia has, her demeanor has shifted and she's starting to worry, which is a trait that she has in her family where they just come from a family of worries. Whereas me, you know, if you know Mother Dearest, she already, oh, that's all right. Jesus going to open up the door. And I got faith. My mama was praying and she a prayer warrior. And so just by nature, I just, I was like, well, I'm not worrying. Everything is going to work out. Right. And then not only that, the doctor that I've been seeing for the past 10 months, of course, has a family emergency. Right, and one of your requests was to have an all-female staff. You didn't want any males at all uh, to do anything with you. But the only doctor on call, of course, is a guy. 
was a, but it's okay. It worked out. He was gay, so I mean, it was like having all females there. I don't you know, know if I can say that and not be canceled. But he was a gay man, and hey, we all right with that. Um, so the nurses leave. They come back, and uh, I think you started getting a little emotional, and we were like, "No, we're gonna stay positive." And you requested to hear. You a little dopey. You know, you were on some dope. I don't know what you kind of out of it. But you said, and I don't know if you can remember this, you said, I want to hear that song by E. Dewey Smith, um, I Can Do All Things. And I was like, E. Dewey Smith, I Can Do All uh -huh. Things. So it's a song by um, Ernest Pugh. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Got ransacking on it. So I played that, put it on repeat, and you started to pick up again. Like you were getting positive and upbeat again. Like, you know what? This baby is coming. We're going to be on track because the goal was to have this baby on Easter Sunday. We wanted him to come on April 17th by any means necessary. We only had like three hours left. So nurses kept coming in. Hey, has the doctor seen you yet? No, he hadn't been in. This is the third hour. Second hour. Hey, has the doctor seen you yet? No, the doctor hadn't come in yet. So finally, in the last hour, the final... You want me to take him? He's a big one. The last hour creeps in. And in walks Miss Thing. Mr. Miss Thang. Miss Thang came in and she says, okay, so I've checked the records. I've seen everything that's going on. Here's what's going on. Your cervix is swollen. I could give you some more Pitocin, but guess what? On the track that you're on, it's not going to work. That's not going to be possible because it could be deadly. You're doing good with your contractions. Everything is fine. I'm going to recommend that we have a C-section. Don't worry. You're going to be okay. You can do this. Do you have any questions? So Janice says, No, no questions. I'm going to be fine. I can do Yes, you can do this. Dad, any questions? So I, I'm like, what the, what the hell is happening right now? He was like, so guess what? I'm going to schedule the C-section. I'll be back in five to get you. We're going to move. You're going to do this. Dad, they're going to bring you some supplies. You're going to get dressed. We're going to meet you over on that side. You can do this. And he just walked. He just twisted right on at the door. And we sitting in the room like, what the heck just happened in this place? And sure enough, anesthesiologist came back in. Because my epidural was starting to wear off because they weren't turning me. Well, yeah, I don't know. Did we go into the whole turning thing? Well, yeah, we did. We did. We don't want to push it too long. So uh, they came in, gave her the anesthesia. Uh, anesthesia. The anesthesia. Epidural. They gave you the epidural and they also gave you the anesthesia to kind of get you drowsy. Um, so they came in, they did that. The nurses came in and prepped Janice. They came in and prepped me. They said we're gonna go over to the operating well, before, room. Well, before before they before they confirmed that we were doing a C-section, he said, "Mr. Miss Thang, as you called him, um, he Doctor. said I'm gonna give y'all a minute to talk." And that was the five minutes. Yeah. So me and Ed talked about it. Ed was like, "Well, you know, pretty much this is the same thing that happened when Ed was born." Um, I was progressing fine and at this point I feel a little bit defeated because you know 
it's like all the plans that I had went out the window. So it's like I couldn't stop and get nothing to eat. Um, the contractions were through the roof. Uh, it took forever to get my epidural. And then it's like you're on track and you're going to have this baby in this many hours. And then after nurse Nisi left, it just felt like everything just went to hell. So um, that's when we called both of our, well, all three of our moms um, and let them know what was going on. Um, and then when they came back, I wanted confirmation. So I asked because they told me the way that he came down the birth canal he came down wrong. So that's why my cervix was, instead of dilating, it was swelling shut. Um, but I, I don't know. I just wanted some kind of confirmation. Like, can we do an ultrasound? Is there any way that y'all, cause sometimes they can move him from outside. Um, so I started. This thing was like, no, we got to have a C-section now, girlfriend. There's no other option. Yeah. So, um, and now I'm, I didn't know it. This is my first time learning. I thought that you were upset because you were determined to have this baby vaginally, the traditional right. way. I thought that's why you were upset. Yes. That is why you were upset. Okay. So, and uh, and then as as a I don't know. I felt defeated. Like as a woman, it's like this is the one thing that my body was made to do, and I I felt like I was failing. I didn't know if it was because. I got an epidural like did I get it too soon did I not walk enough did I is it my fault is it the nurse's fault because they really forgot about me like in there in the hours that they were there for their shift I only saw them like twice so you I don't know I, I was on like a little bit of a guilt trip like and in that moment it was important for me to reassure her that whether it was c-section whether it was vaginal it didn't make you any less of a woman uh, or any less of a mother on how he got here. The baby came in safe. Well, no, he also had meconium. Oh. So I think that played another part in that. He... So when my water broke, apparently, um, it was full of meconium, which if you don't know, it is baby poop. <laughs> which so... was a prediction of things to come because this boy, he can just <laughs> We're going to have to bleep that part out. But I mean, this boy here, it ain't poop. It ain't, you know, little dookie dude and all that cute stuff. This boy straight up. Anyway, go ahead. But that so, was a sign. I that, was, that, that was I another thing. Ran. That was another reason why they wanted the C-section because there was so much meconium um, in my water. And then like when your water breaks, it, it's not like it just breaks and then that's it. There's like continual gushes of fluid. And so as I'm still leaking, there's more and more meconium. So that was another concern of why I had to get a C-section. So I came to grips with the fact that I had to get a C-section. Um, you didn't have much time. Yeah. And the icing on the cake was that the doctor didn't come in until like 1130 to tell us that you got to have a C-section. So we missed the Easter Sunday. I can't preach my sermon. I'm going to be honest. I didn't care nothing about having him on Easter. I really could care less. I'm still going to preach it, though. I don't care which day. It was Easter Monday. So, <laughs> anyway, they move us over to the operating room. They have me sit outside, uh, and they move I think we have inside. footage of you getting dressed for the, um, 
for the operating room. Okay. Well, we'll see. If we do, here it is. It can't be quick. But he's about to come, so. He's here. He's on his way, so I mean, I don't know what else to say. I'm trying to find the words. Just don't know what to say. So, gotta go. Okay, so they have me sitting outside the operating room while she's on the inside. Uh, and I'm terrified because they don't tell you anything. They just push her in the room. They keep you locked out like they had in some top secret event. And uh, I see all of these teams of doctors and anesthesiologists and assistants and I think I even saw two janitors walk in. They just, everybody just going in. And finally somebody came out and they said, are you dad? I said, I'm the one, I'm the guy. Uh, and they said, well, come in, don't touch anything blue, stay out of sight, don't touch anything, don't ask anything. We're gonna show you exactly where to go. You're gonna walk in there. You can have your phone out, but you cannot take any video footage. You can only take pictures we're going to show you the area where you can take pictures i mean they give me all the rundown mm -hmm. and they say are you ready do you have it i say i got it and they walk me in i mean i felt like a celebrity for that little 20 seconds i walked in if you ever been to our church uh with bishop paul morton i mean i felt like paul like they cleared the runway like i was going to preach on a preaching engagement and everybody had to step aside and they cleared the path for me to go in and sit my behind down I did just that. I walked in, sat down, Janicia, all that they had showing was kind of like this, the top of her head, and that was it. And she was hollering about her head was hurting. And Yeah, you know. from, from my point of view, they wheeled me in the room, and the lights were so freaking bright. It just it instantly made my head just like pound. And so... I was talking to the anesthesiologist. I was like, my head is hurting. So he gave me some Tylenol through the IV. Um, all of this is while they're, you know, washing up my belly, getting ready to do the C-section um, behind the curtain, setting up the curtain and all of that stuff. Um, so he gave me some Tylenol, but then my blood pressure started to drop. So he had to stop the Tylenol. So I'm sitting there. He gave me like a, a cover or blanket to cover my eyes because it was... I knew it was a light. Like once I was able to cover my eyes a little bit, it my headache started to go away. Um, and then he was like, "All right, I need to test your anesthesia." So he he pinched me like up here, just really really light pinch. And he was like, "You know, can you feel that?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "All right, I'm gonna pinch you, you know, a little lower." Um, thing. I he was like, "I'm gonna pinch you a little bit lower." Um, and then just let me know if you can feel it. I didn't feel anything. I was like, I don't, you could, are you pinching me? I don't, he was like, perfect. Um, so then after that, he covered my eyes back up. Ed finally came in and he's, he was like, you know, what's wrong? I was telling him about my headache and stuff. Um, and then we're sitting there talking about the headache. I was, he was like, well, they did give you pain medicine. I was like, they tried. But, you know, just giving him the rundown. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even know they had, like, started cutting. Like, I 
it reminded me of the first time our first flight like the first time we flew together i thought that they were going to announce like hey we're about to take off and then we would go up but they was like you know secure the doors um, ready for takeoff and then we drove 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 making all these turns and then all of a sudden we started going super fast and we took off like there was no warning and that's how i felt in that moment like they didn't say like all right we're about to begin or nothing we just sitting there talking and then all of a sudden <laughs> this is exactly what you heard and this is what you see they just go split bam and they did it like that and then they just took him back down they immediately took him to the side because of the meconium they wanted to make sure um that can be very deadly if he actually ingested it or breathed it in so they immediately took him to the side to make sure he didn't get any in his lungs or make sure he didn't eat any um and then they was like you know dad come see the baby <laughs> and ed was like i can't leave my wife <laughs> well first of all i said that because when they brought this little fella out I know, I know. Who did it? Cause he know I'm about to talk about him, so he don't like that. But anyway, when they took him out, his head did not look like this, first of all. His head looked like he had a cone uh, head. the top of a treble clef. I mean, his head looked like cone head. His head, I mean, it just, he looked like Because a, he was stuck in the birth canal. And, you know, babies, they don't really have bones so that they can get through the birth canal. But he was stuck there so long that his head took the little cone shape. And he was white. He was absolutely white. He He's still light bright, but this baby came out white. And his head was a cone shape. So I was like, first of all, it must be either the wrong baby because that baby ain't black enough. Don't pull your hair, son. And he was screaming and he just, E-yah, E-yah, E-yah. That was his cry the whole time. So they said, well, come over and look at him, Dad. They said he's beautiful. And I was like, they're lying. They're lying to me. And nobody will see a picture of this baby. I had already determined pictures were off limits. So they were like, you want to take pictures? And I was like, no, not really. But I know his... I know his mom wanted pictures, so we were like, okay, I'll take the pictures, but we're not sharing them. So we took the pictures, we got the pictures up for you guys to see. And uh, they go, okay, Dad, that's it. You and baby are going to go over to the recovery room. Mom will be open about 10 to 15 minutes. And mind you, this was in my birth plan. Um, just in case of a C-section, I wanted it to immediately go with the baby to the recovery and do skin to skin. Cause you know, that golden hour, if I can't do it, I wanted him to do it. I did no such thing. There was no skin to skin. They took us to the recovery room. The other team of nurses were standing there. They took him out and they dunked him in the water and they flipped him around and they washed him off and they washed his hair. And they did all of his vitals and they checked him here and they changed his diaper and they were talking, well, how's everything going? And mama be over in five and mama be over in three minutes and mama be this. And they were like, this took went on for about 20 minutes, 20, 30 minutes where they with me and baby doing the check on everything. Baby looks great. They smack him on the behind. Baby feels great. Baby's doing this great. Oh man, that dad, dad, baby is just off the chart. Baby's doing great. Baby, baby, baby. And finally, they just left. It was like, show's over. Let's go. And they packed up, and they went. 
And I was just sitting there behind the curtain with this baby uh, that, first of all, I don't even know how to change a diaper. And the baby's just looking up at me and I'm looking at the baby like, well, what we gonna do? And the grandmas are calling like, okay, how's it going? Where's baby? And uh, I think it was your mom. Your mom said, well, Ed, how's it going? I said, baby is here. I say, um, I have my baby. Is he hungry? We may have to split this episode. And so I say, I have my baby, but I don't have my wife. And I think on that note, we got a split. So we'll catch you guys on the second half of this video. Where's his wife? Bum, bum, bum. Does she make it out alive? <laughs> Does he have a good life insurance policy? How are Ed and the baby now? How is Ed and the new wife? I mean, I tell you, is she a fox? Is she? Well, we'll go into details on the new wife later. But anyway, we'll catch you on part two of the labor and delivery yeah. vlog. A labor and delivery vlog. Uh, vlog. All right. So, tune gotta, in next week. <laughs> yeah, gotta pause the show. Thanks to Mister. Yeah. Yeah. You know that's gonna be the new tagline now for the Dear Honey podcast. I've been wanting like a slogan. Now it's just yeah. And it's just, I wish y'all could hear. He he's gonna do it. Trust me, you you hear one of these days. But that's it. Catch you next week or in part two, whenever we air this.